So today's podcast is also available on YouTube as a video podcast. So if you're listening to us on on audio today, please join us on YouTube and, and watch the video if you'd like to see exactly how gorgeous Greg is and and what an, he's got a great beard. Today I have with me Mr. Greg Connolly, who is a, a past resident. Um, uh, and has been, I've known Greg probably as long as I've been at the mission pretty much. And, um, known, yeah. And, and, um, we got to see, uh, uh, you know, times of trouble. We got to see times of, you know, getting it and got to see a life that's begin to flourish and do well. And uh, I know you and your wife, you know, very well and uh, think very highly and respect you both. And um, right now we're at this great spot where um, we've been able to uh, actually hire you and bring you on as staff. Um, And so I just thought it'd be fun to introduce you to the people that listen to our podcasts and tell a little bit about your story. Greg, when did you first come to the mission? Uh, how long ago was that? And tell us a little bit about the circumstances, if you feel comfortable sharing any of Yeah. Um, well, I believe I came, first came to the mission back in 2004. Me and my wife, Monica, uh, and our, two kid, our one kid at the time uh, came here, and we were on the end of our ropes. Um, we, we were unable to find any more handouts. Um, we were deep into our addiction, uh, very deep, and the only thing that was suffering w- was my daughter. And she was three years old at the time, I believe. So when you say you were deep into our addiction, mm-hmm. what addiction? So we had a very serious addiction uh, to crystal meth. Okay. Um, I was heavily addicted to marijuana. Okay. It was just everything. A lot, of, a lot of people say it's not physically addictive or mentally addictive, but I believe it was because if I didn't have it by the end of the day, I, I was really starting to show signs of the withdrawals and the mood swings. Sure. Um, we came to the mission when, our parents said, when my parents said, enough is enough. If you, we're not giving you any more money for a hotel, no more, no more work. You want to you want to do something? Go to the mission. That's why it's here. So we went there and we decided to do good. And uh, my my wife, bless her heart, she she when she set her mind to something, she stuck with it. Um, she was really the strength that pulled me through a lot. You know, I always had a, a, a gospel background growing up. She didn't. She was into other things. Um, and so I, I, I was in the habit of only turning to Christ when I needed something, when things got rough. I see a lot of that. And he, it always seemed to work. You know, I'd turn to Christ, I'd get my life together, I'd pray, I'd pray, I'd pray, I'd get what I want, and then I stopped. Eventually it came to a time where I felt in me, you know, a lot of people say it's not audible, but for me, it, it wasn't audible, but it was just in my heart. I felt it. He was saying, okay, we tried it your way multiple, multiple times. This time you're going to do it my way, and we're never going to have to do this again. So um, that was further on down the line. Um, it, how, how long did it take for you to get from, you know, 2004 where you're, where you're finally at the end of the, uh, well, you're not yet at the end of your rope, but you're at the end of your parents' rope, and they're yeah. going, you know what, <laughs> you got to go. The, that was it. 
Um, so in the time that we did it, when me and my wife first got married, uh, my daughter was probably two then, uh, my, my mother and my stepfather, I call him my dad because he was always my dad since I was six, um, they moved us up to their house. He gave me a job doing painting. That's when my painting career started um, and all that. And uh, I would work for him, and she would stay home and take care of the kids. Yeah. Eventually, it started to not work out like that because we went back to our old ways. We were clean. We were using all the way up until the night of our wedding. And um, we moved up there. We stayed clean for probably about two months. I wasn't really keeping a track of time then. It may have been less. But once we started using again, they started to know it. Um, they started to take more privileges from us and everything. And eventually, they just wanted us out of the house. So um, we got all our stuff together, managed to scrape up what money we had. We moved back down to California, Apple Valley, moved in with my wife's mom. Um, we did good there for a little bit, but eventually the addiction took over again. We always tried to run from our addiction, but it never did. And we were leaving Christ out of this picture. So what happened then is eventually they wanted us out of their house too. It was a bad thing that happened when we left there. It was a lot of, lot of chaos, everything. Uh, we went to my, my, my real dad's house. My real dad was kind of neutral. He was in his own, own addiction. Um, so we kind of stuck with that a while, but he couldn't support us because he was all by himself. So eventually we came into an opportunity to come back up here and work with an acquaintance I had. So we moved back up here, and we were staying at a hotel uh, up at the top of town, Wild River Inn. It's not there anymore. They tore it down and built something new recently. Yeah. Um, and I was with a friend there, and I was doing work, and he wasn't paying me. And this was one of those types of friends that no one wants, but the type of friend that always acts like they're your best friend until they got you, and then they're always throwing other things, and they get a kick out of just watching it. So uh, we were clean for about two weeks, and then uh, he threw some crystal meth in front of our face. And we both did it, and that's when the whole routine started all over again. Eventually he left, we left him, because he didn't have our best interests in mind, and that's when the hotel hopping started. We were staying up at the hotel at the top end of town. The, the, the manager was letting us stay there because he didn't want us to be out in the streets with the kids, with the kid, and... Um, we were just going from hotel to hotel while feeding our addiction and not being a good parent. And uh, that's what led us up to the mission in 2004. Um, we did good sometime there. I was clean, and then I had relapsed. Uh, Pastor Keith, Keith Heck, when they were all going to throw me out, Monica was going to leave me. Uh, Pastor Keith Heck said, do you want to make your family work? I don't think you're going to do it. And I remember his words. Uh, to me, You're, you are to go straight over to the Ray Allen Center and spend 30 days, no contact with anyone, blackout. And if you can do that, I will be convinced. And lo and behold, I did it. Um, I did it. And I remember him coming in when I was doing dishes at the Ray Allen once. And he said, you know what? If I were a betting man, I would have bet that you weren't going to do it. Yeah. And then I was like, hmm. And he looks at me and he winks at me. And he's like, if I were a betting man. And That's I remember funny. that. I've, I've had a lot of guys um, who their actual road to recovery began with me when I was a coordinator dealing with guys, and I would say something along those lines. You know, I, I watch somebody that has been just 
crushing their life, just just destroying it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I'd go, you know, hey, I'll, I might let you in this time, but I frankly I doubt you're going to make it. Yeah. I think you're going to probably just fail out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll try it this one time. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's somebody telling them that kind of boldly and that kind of bluntly. I've had more than one guy who went. You're not supposed to tell me that. You're supposed to say something hopeful, you know, and, and they get mad at me. And now they're going to make it. Now they're going to do it right just to prove me wrong. Yeah. Which is fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now, I don't mind. You know, win for all the wrong reasons. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's because eventually a win's a win, you know. And, and you see somebody that just goes, I'll show him. Yeah. I can do, I'll do 30 days. You can't tell me I can't do 30 days. I can do it, you know. And praise God, you know what? Sometimes it's just that pricking of our pride and, and that, uh, you know, slap to our ego that was just what we needed yeah. to get going in the right direction. For, for me, it was more about uh, what do I have to do to get what I want? And then I don't need it anymore. Right. Like what I said with me using Christ. And um, so I did it, and we went. I went back to the house, and things were getting good. My, my wife was uh, pregnant. We just had recently found out my wife was pregnant with my son. Um, and everything went good for a while. I got a job at Wild River uh, Pizza uh, through Jen. She was a very important <coughs> part of my life at that time. She helped me. She gave me a chance when no one else would with my background and everything. And... Um, I did good for about three months, and then I started, after I got off at Wild River, I'd go over to the little pub right across the street and have a beer every now and then, because I thought I was awesome, because I was the only only resident that had a job a job and able to come in late at night yeah, and all that. Yeah. Hey, by the way, big little plug for Wild River and for businesses that put a little risk out for uh, a guy with a a guy with a you know uh, uh, record needs a little hand up. Yeah, yeah. They're willing to take a risk on it. You know, for those guys, and we love Wild River for that, yes. and for other businesses like that in the community that take a chance on Best somebody. Pizza. And fantastic pizza. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Try the, the taco pizza. pizza. There you go. Yes. So <laughs> um, anyways, little infomercial there. Mm-hmm. This has not been paid for by Wild River. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... so um, uh, I, I did good sometime, and it started with a little drinks every now and then. I never got caught, so I was the type of person, if I don't get caught, let's see how long we can go. Yeah. The, the drinking led to using crystal meth again and lying and lying, and everyone trusted me, and then finally I forget what happened, but it got to the point where they found out, can you take a drug test, Greg? No. And I avoided it and avoided it and avoided it, and finally I took it, and it was dirty and monica and monica pregnant three months four months maybe six months pregnant uh took my daughter and went to her mom's and left me up here and uh the men's coordinator then was dan meath and uh this was like two days before she decided to leave me uh i told him we're okay now we're leaving we're gonna go to my sister's and i'm gonna get our own place and everything and he pleaded with me not to go i remember that he was pleading with me more than, and I knew he cared, but I just wasn't used to it. And he's like, he, don't leave, don't leave. And as I said my goodbye and he left, he's like, okay, well, when your wife leaves in the next few days and takes your children with him, I will be here when you get, when you realize that. I remember him saying that. 
And lo and behold, that's what happened. And I came to him and told him my wife left. And uh, he, he, I believe he let me in, but it was a pattern. So to make a, a, a boring story shorter, it, it was a pattern that kept repeating to eventually where I graduated. I don't know if you want to call it graduated, but started uh, using meth uh, in my arms. I started slamming meth. And uh, it went from a couple drugs of choice to whatever you have, just to medicate myself. And, um, you know, and that's what was going on. And Monica ended up filing for divorce, and we got divorced. And um, so eventually I got to my end of my rope, and enough is enough with all my friends. Because, you know, no one's really your friend in that life unless you have something to offer them. That's right. Uh, if you don't have drugs to offer them, you don't have a place to stay. And eventually I got sick of all the fakeness. Because when you have drugs, everyone's there to listen to you. And everyone's there to help you and relate to you. Oh, yeah, I believe in God too. Yeah, let's have a conversation. But when it's all gone and someone else shows up, it's you out the door. And them come in and welcome to my domain. So um, a lot more things happened in that time. But I don't... I. I really th things that shaped me and developed me and made me realize people call it street smarts but um i really had the fear of god put into me by a lot of events that happened there where i was almost killed and um so i went back down to california at the end of that time and uh monica was up in apple valley and, and I, right when i went to, down to california i went to arc american recovery center in pomona and i did six months there and that was the best I had ever done, the most serious I ever was about it. I had God. I knew it was more about God saying, honor me and these things will come, but you have to continue to honor me and trust in me. And um, Monica was, that was when Monica's addiction, I believe, started taking off because she had, her mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. And her mother, they were really close. And uh, her mother ended up dying when she was in her addiction. So, uh, and she had the kids. And um, so, uh, I'm trying to, it was all such a blur, everything then. So, I'm just trying to get so, it all it's together. Okay. You don't have to, you know, what, what this doesn't have to be, and, and you, I'm, you're welcome to keep talking and tell me all the details you want, but this doesn't have to be the confessions of a former oh, mission yeah. rather than <laughs> stuff like this. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just you know I mean it's it's all part of your story and that's mm -hmm. a, and that's that's awesome because what it's doing is as you're telling this story is that somebody somebody watching this story might say oh you know uh, the mission doesn't know what it's like to deal with guys who have real problems or the mission guys don't really they're not really people who have come from a hard background or any of that kind of stuff. And what you're describing is a pretty hard background. Yeah. And, and you know, your time, I mean, dude, you know, you, you put in, uh, you've walked a lot in darkness, you know, and stuff. And even though you knew the Lord, the Lord was speaking to you, <clears throat> the Lord was also patient with you walking in your own darkness for a long time. Yeah, you he know? still and, is. And, yeah. He still is. Yeah. Um, so let's let's get to the the good stuff. I think um, so. That basically was a pattern that went on in my life. I get Monica back. I do good. I start slipping. 
I, I manipulate my way into getting Monica to start using with me again. Sure. And that's when it all took off for both of us. Um, so um, the most recent time where we were at my dad's house, the last time, the one that changed everything, was when, um, well, I, I believe it was the last time that changed everything, uh, was when uh, she, she left me for good. We canceled the divorce, but then eventually she went all the way through with it. And uh, I went to, I got busted. I had been arrested with some friends, and I had a hypodermic needle on me and some residue baggies. And Monica was up there. And I had court ordered to do the drug court again, or I believe it's the Prop 36. So I went through with that, and I went through, through a recovery center called the Grandview Foundation, which was the best thing I, that ever happened to me. Um, I went through that. I completed three months in, three months out. And then I did something different this time. Instead of going back and thinking that I could do it on my own, I went to a sober living. I stayed at that sober living. I became uh, the RA, basically, of that sober living. I decided to go to college. My wife had was so far into her addiction to where she ended up in prison. Okay, so. You and I kind of met right around the Monica's just getting ready to be released from prison or yeah. just got released from prison. So when Monica was in prison, I, I found out she was in prison. None of this happened until I actually got on my knees and started working the steps of the program and everything. And then I realized I was being selfish. So when I got on my knees and prayed to God, okay, God, I've been asking you everything for me. But for once, I want to pray a real prayer. And I said, okay, God, I remember it. I remember in my room at, at the program right before I went to Silver Living, I want what you think is best for me. And I thought about it and all the things I've been praying for my wife back and everything. But well, what's best for my wife, though? I'm being selfish. So I prayed, okay, God, put my wife in jail. And I remember I said it, and I never said it before. Take my kids from me. My kids need to be taken from us because that was always our worst fear. You know, we always look down on people that call, get kids taken from kids. But that was actually the best thing that happened for them. And then the next day, I remember my mother, she called me while I was in rehab, and she said, Greg, they found Monica. And I was like, they did. Uh, she's in prison. Your kids are in foster care. And I was like, totally at peace with it. So I found out what I had to do from there. And I, I, I got a hold of foster care, the court systems. I wrote Monica in prison. No one wanted anything to do with Monica. She had burnt her bridges worse than I did, according to my knowledge. So I wrote her a letter and said, I'm here for you. I love you. Let's, let's give this another try. Except let's do it right this time. Let's put Christ first. So I started preaching to her and, and sending her scriptures and telling her that I love her and not to worry about the kids, worry about herself. And first time ever, she felt God pulling on her. She didn't really believe in God that much. Um, and she started going to church and started reading the Bible. And I remember I used to always tell her, read the first four books in, in the New Testament. And by the time you're done reading that, that fourth book, going through all of them, a miracle is going to happen. It is going to feel like he is talking directly to you, like in the never-ending story. You remember that movie, The Never-Ending Story? Mm -hmm. And he's like reading it, and then all of a sudden they're talking to me. That's impossible. That's what happened with me in that book. And that's what I tell residents here and people that I talk to that, that don't really know about God. So just read the first four books. A lot of them are going to seem like they're the same book retold, but you're, you'll figure it out. You'll understand. A lot of people say it's just, a, it's just the same thing over, contradicting themselves. But as you get more into it and study it more, you'll start to realize what they are. So, okay. 
So that happened with Monica. I decided, okay, so how can I use things that were my downfall as a blessing now? So in my addiction, I mess with computers a lot, but I had a notch for it, a notch for it, I think it is. So um, I decided to go to school for computers. Kind of the point in time when, when I started, when I came to the mission, I think it was in uh, 2009, 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. Yeah, I came at 2010 is when I came up here. Okay. So, so and, and at that point, you had gone through, you, you had been doing some computer classes, and you, you, you had gotten a certificate on that. Monica uh, had come to the women's Yes, she was at the women's house uh, um, visiting the kids every weekend. She had visitation on the kids, but she, she didn't have custody. No, they were definitely. still at my parents for yep, foster and, care. And so uh, there was, there was uh, and, and you guys were still kind of working your way back into relationship with each other. There was yep. still a lot of, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, on more than one occasion where things were tense between you guys at times and, yeah. and, and everything. And, uh and Monica's kind of like my wife. You know, there's some people in the world I'm okay with being tense with. My wife's not one of them. Yeah. She scares me. Yeah. That's when <laughs> I know? just go so, in the other room. Yeah. So um, she she was over here. We were legally divorced. Okay. And our kids were legally out of our custody. Yeah. They were, I had done a lot of classes and everything down there while Monica was in prison to get them out of uh, child uh foster care and my mom helped me with this and I got her into foster care with my parents they became a foster parent so that was what was good so Monica came up here and I had to finish my college classes down there so I finished my college classes down here and I came straight up here and where I was expecting Pastor Keith Heck and Dan Meath to still be the men's coordinator I got here and you were the men's coordinator right and Pastor Keith Heck was on his way out right so I was kind of adjusting to everything I was kind of uncomfortable but when I got there, it was really the best thing that happened to me. Because I got there, I showed, told you what my mission was and what I wanted, and you did nothing but help me achieve that mission. Cool. Um, I know uh, here at the mission, everyone is on an individual basis. We have a certain program that they follow. But um, with what was going on in my life, you were more than willing to help me do that. I had to get my internship done through my school and able to get my diploma. And you allowed me to go and do that internship. Um, so I had found a place, Dick Webster Computers, here in town, great place, um, and they allowed me to do my internship there. Yeah. So I did that, and with me and Monica being divorced, we were trying to get into a family unit. And so uh, the pastor here at the time was Ke- Kevin. No, it Ken. was still... So Keith was still still the executive director and was at that point in time and was... Still kind of doing pastoral oversight, but Pastor Jay was going to be Jay, coming on yes. shortly thereafter. So yeah. we wanted to get remarried mm-hmm. so we can get the family unit. And because we loved each other, we were high school sweethearts, I felt that she was truly my soulmate, the one that God, because I was always a better person when I was with her. Yeah. And so uh, we talked to Pastor Jay, said we want to get remarried and we want to do it the right way. So he said, okay, I will do that for you, but I want you to go through some classes first. And if I think that you really mean these classes and you show me that you, you're serious about your marriage, I'll remarry you. So over time, we did classes every weekend. I continued to follow the, the, the program that you guys have laid out with me. And 
um, we we ended up getting remarried. Yeah. And I found another job, and lo and behold, the next job I found was Wild River Pizza again. Yeah. Through the same person, Jennifer Drinkwater. Yep. And she also went to my church that I was attending at Edgewater Christian Fellowship. Yep. And so she gave me another chance because she knew I was sincere. So again, yay Dick Webster's, yay Wild River. Yes, great places. Yep. <laughs> Build the best, fix the rest, Dick Webster yeah. computers. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, I worked there for about two years, and then it just wasn't cutting it. In the, in the time of that two years, me and Monica have gotten put on the HUD waiting list. So we, can, we finally got remarried. Uh, we were able to have our kids every weekend. Uh, we got a family unit at the women's house. Um, I was working at, at Wild River, but finally our, our, my ticket came up for um, HUD housing. So we started off with, when we left the mission, we started off with a one-bedroom apartment. And we didn't have custody of our kids, and thank thank God. But uh, we had our kids every weekend, so we were all four four head family in a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. Um, uh, while still working at Wild River, and Monica wasn't working, she decided to go to school for mental health. She wanted to be a drug and alcohol counselor because our philosophy was what better way to help a person than a person that's been there, and she really liked doing it. So while she was going to school, I was working, and uh, eventually uh, we were able to move in. After our lease with that apartment, we moved into a two-bedroom apartment. We started there. Monica graduated. She got a job at Options. Okay. And she is loving it. She helps people. Yeah. So um, Monica is also one of our favorites, and Options is certainly uh, a great place as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Great so um, eventually, I was doing side work while I was working my other job, helping people with computers and stuff. And all the side work I would get, if I needed any parts or anything, I would go over to Dick Webster's because I know them and I, they helped me out. And I just kept checking in with him. Finally, when it just wasn't cutting it at Wild Rivers anymore, uh, he called Rich Webster, the owner there. He called me up and said, uh, Greg, you still want to wash dishes or do you want to fix computers? And I was just so happy. And I went over there and it turned out to be the best thing I ever did. Yeah, I love um, that. Yeah, it was great. I worked there for six years. Um, some of my best friends that I ever had are, are there still to this day. Yeah. And um, all while putting Christ first centered in my life and going to Edgewater and Stopping by here every now and then, seeing how things are going. Yeah. And um, now we are at a three-bedroom home. We're still renting, but it's an actual home, a house with a garage. And uh, we're now looking forward to taking the next step. You know, one of the things, Greg, that I think that so many people coming out of, uh, off of the streets, and people that want to help people who are on the streets often miss is they miss the value of the stages and the steps that, that it takes to get from point A to point B. And so people go, they just can't imagine that it would be okay for you to have a family of four in a one-bedroom house, and that's horrible and everything. But your whole family grew because of that. Your, your guys' incentive to do better and everything happened because, in part, because you experienced that. It mm-hmm. wasn't what you wanted. It wasn't ideal. But it, you you invested in each other and in the time that it took to get to the two-bedroom, mm-hmm. which then again 
not ideal, but you're thinking, okay, this would be, this is, this is better. And, and because it's better than the one bedroom, you still valued it. Yeah. Because it's, because it wasn't as big as you needed it to be, you still had something to work towards. Mm -hmm. And that process is so important. And one of the things that you and Monica have done super well and manage as a family super well is that process. Mm -hmm. you've, you've come to value it, you've walked through it, and, and so many people give up or don't try because they, because the first job they get isn't going to be enough to support, isn't going to give them a living wage, you know, and yeah. stuff. Because the first job they get isn't going to promote, isn't going to allow them to rent a three-bedroom house. Yeah. And, and you go, yeah, you haven't earned that. Mm -hmm. It takes earning it, and once you've earned it, Man, you treat it so yeah. much better. You I, you just handle it so much better. I think the 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 point when I realized that I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing things right is um, when I was able. I, I, it's kind of silly, but when I was able to look at myself and see, hey, I wow, my employment. I'm doing what I love to do and getting yeah. paid. Yeah. I've when I officially got the paper saying that the kids are mine, custody. I have full life and soul custody of these kids yep. and they're dependent on me again uh, was when me and Monica really re realized hey you know yeah. and um, you know being at, at Dick Webster's and um, I really owe a lot to them because they did a lot for me and you know I, I worked there for six years and um, got a couple raises in there and uh, eventually at the end of that six years uh, the boss came to me because we would have our slow spouts where it's just slow. Mm -hmm. We do whatever we can to stay busy. Yeah, but yeah. this time it was pretty bad. And he came to me with tears in his eyes and said, Greg, I got to lay you off. Yeah. But I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that I, in my power, your family's taken care of. Yeah. So um, we did that. And the only thing I could think of first thing after that is, okay, with my experience, I'm under my belt and the type of experience I have and I can do it. I want to go back to the gospel rescue mission because I had talked to you a couple occasions. <clears throat> And uh, the same day I got laid off, I came here and talked to you, and I've been here since. Yeah, it's, you know, Greg, you, you really, you, you went out and you used, you, you, you gained a, a whole set of tools that made you, you know, somebody that is the kind of, you know, somebody that is, happens to have a, set, a tool set that we need, you know, a skill set that we need here at the mission. Um, but, you know, what was more important than that in that skill set what was more important than the technical prowess with the computer was the ability to come to work every day the ability to to do those things that you know handle an angry customer yeah. um, and and not flip out over it um, you know that's uh, a very hard thing to do right for there. sure for sure and 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 yet Look, that's the stuff that we deal with here at the Gospel Rescue Mission every day. You know, you, you deal with residents who don't get what you're doing, people in the public who don't understand what you're doing, and they're yelling at you. And and it's really hard not to yell back. It's really hard not to, to return and, you know, the, the same kind of tension right back at them um, because it's creating so much stress and anxiety in yourself. Um, those are the what, what businesses call soft skills that are so important to learn and you learn it really the only way to learn it is to stay at a job for a long time mm -hmm. to, to stay at a job that maybe doesn't pay as much as some you know as, as what you feel like you're worth or maybe doesn't uh, 
uh, always you know, have the upward momentum that other places might. But when you stay at places like that, then when you come to a place that has those things, you're prepared to be the kind of person they need. Yeah. And, and that's, that's super cool. So I, I like that. I loved the, uh, <laughs> the uh, I have a house that has a garage. Yeah, that's you know, a big you, you think, you think about <laughs> You think about just the little things that, that the average person, uh, the average person that's attending church or just working a regular job has that they're not even thinking about. Yeah, I got a garage that's full of junk, you know, whatever. And, and you're just sitting there going, you got a garage? Yeah. How cool is that? You got space that's just extra space? You can afford that? That's, that's your part of your normal, and some people can't imagine not having that kind of stuff. You had, to, you had gone, you and Monica had, had, had gone so far off that, that coming back to what most of society would call normal uh, felt like such a treat and felt like such a good thing. And, I, and I, that's one thing that I hope that you don't lose in, in your moving forward. Um, and yet I hope that, you have, that, you're, that you're blessed to such a degree that these things become average to you again and, and, and become part of the ordinary. And, and I think that they will. I'm um, blessed to have the mission. Without the mission, I wouldn't have done all these things. Yeah. There's no place like the mission yeah. to be able to do these things. And, and the thing that made the mission work was I was willing to do the footwork. Yeah. Uh, the Gospel Rescue Mission here in Grants Pass gave me the, the missing links that I needed to do what I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and for, for someone who does want to change and change the way of living, it, it, the place was perfect, and that's what we wanted to do. Right. And now, right. now that I'm further along and a lot older and wiser, and in a situation that I'm in now, I'm more excited that I'm able to give back to who gave to me to make me who I am, and I'm excited to be a part of someone else else's journey, and just just to be able to help people. That's. I mean, we talked about it earlier. It, it's. Um, the feeling of knowing that you helped someone and may have given them one thing that they'll remember the rest of their life and that one little thing may change their life forever yeah. it is better than money. It's better than anything. It's yeah. being a part of it and it's serving Christ. Amen. Amen. And, and I know... Well, let me ask you this. You, you, you still, you're back in the, you're still working in the town that you did a lot of bad things in, you know, and, 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 and everything. Do you ever run into any of those people still? I do, and but... Not really. It becomes fewer and fewer. And yeah. when you're done, I'm a firm believer that when you're done, you're done. Yeah. Um, it can it, you can start it up anytime you want. You know, relapse relapse isn't a part of recovery. Or relapse is a part of recovery, but it doesn't have to be. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with me, I see it as all those relapses until I was finally like, you know what? Let's, I don't want to keep playing this record over and over. Hey, and and a big part of it was Christ. I I, I can't mention Christ enough. And sometimes I feel like I don't, but it's it really has a lot to do with Christ. He he's a he he's the writer of my story. So when so when you know so imagine yourself you're sitting here and there's there's somebody watching this that is where you were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they, they're they're sitting there thinking you know I don't know about the mission man you know and and, and I'm surely not 
sure about I'm not I'm not a Christian you know whatever I, I don't I don't uh, I don't buy into all the the Jesus stuff maybe I'm maybe I'm somebody who is um, even you know rather you know rather hostile to Christianity I mean what do you say what do you what would you say to them to try and persuade them you know or, or I mean would you try and persuade them what would you say to any non-believer I would say the same thing that was said to me. You know, you don't uh, read the first four books. That's one thing, definitely, like I was talking about earlier. So, by the first four books, you mean Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew, and John? Luke, yeah, okay, Matthew, so Mark, Luke, Matthew, yeah. So, first four books of the New Testament. Yes, okay. yes, sir. Okay. Um, and, you know, God God loves opportunities like this, I believe. You know, I, I, I know he says, don't test me, but. If you don't believe in Christ, then you just get on your knees when no one's looking, and you say, "Okay, God, I don't believe in you. Show, prove it to me." Yeah. And you know, and give me eyes to see, yeah, and ears to hear when you are doing it. Yeah. And that you know, as far as the mission and 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 before I before you go on, and what's going to happen is that person's now going to sit there and tell themselves, "Well, no, that was a coincidence." Well, that yeah. was a coincidence. Yeah. And, and eventually you're going to have to stop. You're going to start counting coincidences so much that you're going to have to start asking yourself, really, does coincidence really mean what you think it yeah. means? Yeah, because yeah, that's how it was with me. Because eventually it will be overwhelming, won't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to the new residents that are here, you know, uh, as me being one and uh, stubborn and not liking rules. The, the way I see it now, okay, so in the point that I'm in in my life is I look back on myself and I can't even believe, I can't imagine not working and, and sitting on my butt and doing nothing. I just, I, I go crazy by the end of Sunday. I'm like, I want to get back to work. Um, and so that's, that's how, when I look back on myself now, how I was thinking. But as far as when I was first here, I, I had to see, I had to call it out as it is. And when I was here, I wanted to make up my own rules. I didn't know how to do, make up my own rules. They weren't the right rules. So I had to learn how to follow other rules and, and learn that so, when, so I can be out on my own and, and be qualified to make up my own rules in life. Sure. And, you know... Let me ask you this: the, in, in the rules that you've made up in your own life for you and you and Monica and your kids, um, let me ask you: like, do you guys uh, do you guys try and not use profanity in the house? Yes, we try. Yeah. Do you do you uh, do you mostly go to bed at the same time and get up at the same time most of the time? Maybe with the excuse, exclusion of the weekends, a little bit different. Yeah, we try. Most days not of on the weekends, week. <laughs> right? Right. But most days of the week, you know, things are especially during the school. Yeah, you know, oh, stuff definitely. like that. Yeah, with the kids, strict bedtime. Yeah. <clears throat> do you guys, for the most part, you know, you 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 each have like a things that you have to do that are chores above and beyond yeah. uh, above and beyond your work day and stuff yeah. like that right i mean you go home and somebody's still got to do laundry somebody's got to still you know clean up the dog poop in the yard and all yeah. that kind of stuff or whatever yeah you know um right somebody has to cook dinner yeah right okay um i can't cook but she likes doing it it's so. perfect it's perfect you know so so but but what i'm saying is is you know, you have day-to-day -day rules mm -hmm. that, and, and everybody, those rules include 
being aware of and and respecting that you impact the people around you in the house. So, yes, so if you're happen. watching if you're watching TV uh, and the kids don't get to just come in and be super loud and stand in front of the TV the whole time, right? They have to consider where they're at in relationship to where you are, and if, you know if they destroy the bathroom. Clean up your mess. Yeah, clean up your mess. That's, right. that's right. the biggest one. Sure, hmm. sure, sure, sure. Isn't that essentially the kinds of things that there are the rules of the gospel rescue mission? Yeah. Right? Exactly. You know, it's, it's those simple things um, that, that make up what it takes to be a resident here. So you're making up your own rules, but really what they are is they're rules that we didn't invent them. We we just you know we just acknowledge that they're good rules to live by for community, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, and pretty much everybody has them. Yeah. And so everybody talks about all the rules of the gospel rescue mission. They're just rules of life. The same ones you're doing. At uh, home, yeah, right? and I see it as whoever has a problem with the rules are the ones that need to be need them in their life they're right the now. They're the ones that need the rules. The right. ones that don't have a problem with the rules, they're on their way to high places. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Exactly. You know, these are these are the, the basic building blocks for community. And and uh, if you follow them, you'll find yourself in community. And once you find yourself in community, what you'll find out is that it's in community that people hire you for jobs. It's in community that, that people... Um, uh, want you around and they'll invest into your life and you you can invest into theirs. Um, it's in community that we build families and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's the value of the church. That's the value of what we do here in the mission in so many ways. And really, uh, those we become concerned about those things as a, as a result of God's work in our life as, as we begin to learn about God and love Him and, and, and as we begin to love him, we realize that loving him also means that I have to love my neighbor as myself. And sometimes my neighbor is my wife or my kids or my roommate next to me or whoever, you know, and, or literally the guy that lives next door to me. Um, and that's part of the fruit of the gospel is that we begin to do that from our hearts, right? And when you start to love him, you start to forgive and you start to trust. Yeah. And that was the thing with me. So. Powerful stuff, man. Well, I am really looking forward to just continuing to work with you and seeing how you're going to benefit the mission. Um, I am certain that this was not the that this is probably the first of several podcasts with you, um, and and my expectation is that uh, we'll just keep this an ongoing dialogue. Okay. Um, and and there's lots to add to to the you know this conversation along the way uh, that we can share with others and other people can grow by. Uh, if you have taken the time to, to listen to this and, and, uh, and however long the, after the editing this becomes, uh, we just want to thank you for taking the time to, to uh, you know, engage with us and, and hear the story. And, and Greg, I appreciate you just sharing a lot of very pretty raw and intimate information yeah. about yourself and your family and, and, and all of that. And uh, we look forward to seeing how the Lord's going to continue to grow you. And uh, we, wanna, we want the Lord to bless that. And, uh, and I'm hoping that for you, the audience, that you're finding yourself blessed along the way as well. If you liked this podcast, I would ask you a couple of things. One, share it with a friend. Tell somebody else about us. Uh, you can find out more about us at grantspassmission.org. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us. 
um, and uh, share us on, on iTunes and YouTube and all that good stuff and uh, let other people know about the good work that God is doing right here in Grants Pass, Oregon at the Gospel Rescue Mission. Thank you.